listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 On a day in which we've got a full slate of NBA playoff games from Orlando and even a Des Bryant sighting in the NFL, what is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? It's not Des Bryant. (laughs) (laughs) If we were back in seven years ago, maybe. I think we go through these teams, but I think we start with the Clippers. That was last night? Yeah, the Clippers last night, and they fall to the Dallas Mavericks. 127-114. That matchup with Dallas, the 2-7 out west, is now tied at one game apiece. You know, one thing I've seen as the debate culture has become more prevalent, you know, that's been almost 10 years, I think, with the first take and Skip and Stephen A. back then and I think almost every media platform has figured to some degree, hey, the debating gets interest. A lot of people will say how much they hate it, but it's one of those Howard Stern type, like the people that love it, love it, and the people that hate it, listen to hate it, right? So in a way, it helps. I'm not a huge, like, kind of debate, and especially the disingenuousness. I hate nothing more and I've been in situations where a producer will be, okay, well, so-and-so is on this side. You're going to be on this side. It's like, well, I'm not going to be on that side because, you know, I got to try to say it the way that feels right to me. I think there's a skill in being able to make both sides of an argument that many people don't have. But I, don't, I think you can always feel when one per. – I'll give you an example. I love – I think as radio guys, Raw Parker and Chris Broussard that follows us – they're as good as it gets in that debate culture, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And I know you've been on that show a good bit, Jonah. Rob especially, I think there's sometimes he'll take it one step further, and you can almost see the smile on his face. You know, like LeBron's not one of the best 20 players. You know, whatever he says, and it's like he, he's figured out <laughs> that if he goes one step further, you know, most people will know he's winking at him. But to me, it's just like, ah, oh, that's a weird game, you know? <laughs> and now, do you think that, that I'm right that if, if you had Rob on a lie detector, there'd be a, sometimes, you, go, you know, I'm exaggerating there a little bit. He's, he's got this unique ability to, even if he's saying something that you completely disagree with him on and he's getting in your face about it, you just can't help but like him. There's oh, just he's a likable yeah. guy, and no so, yeah, doubt. It, his delivery leads to the... I wonder if, if he's laughing on the inside while he's playing everybody along. And, and it also yeah. could be that some of this stuff's so absurd, you all are hoping <laughs> he's laughing on the inside. Right, right. And it, l- l- listen, there's a talent to all that. One of the downsides of that talent, I think we heard today, and, and specifically, and again, FSR, personally, he's been great for me. He's been great to me. Colin Cowherd started the show today with a type of analysis that I think – is a sign of intelligence, but a sign of like, there's no sense to reality to it. And here's what it was. How, well, wait a minute, the Clippers lost the game. Did we think the Clippers were going to go undefeated in the playoffs? No. This team didn't go undefeated. This team didn't go. It's like, okay, let's think about this a second. You know who else didn't go undefeated? is pick your team, the worst team in basketball. You know, whoever's got beat the – I guess the teams haven't got well, – uh, who's, who's been the least impressive so far? Toronto's opponent, right? So we can sit and go, yeah, is how are they doing? Well, they did you think they were going to go undefeated? Well, no. Okay, so what's the point? It's like losing a game was a given if we look back – 
12 games or 16 wins, let's say, you know, the title. Oh, look, they didn't go undefeated. They lost that first game or that second game against the Mavs. Right. Yeah, but they would have then won a total of 16 games, and we'd look back on it. The Clippers have won one, and they've lost one versus a team that they are supposed to be clearly better than. So to act like losing one of two is the same as losing one of 17 or two of 18, it's not the same. You can only look at now and say, yeah, Colin, if somehow, some way they win out from here, we'll look back and say, oh, expected. They lost one, but they were a great team. We have no idea how many games they're going to win from here. All we've got is they've played two so far. They've lost one. Before that, they didn't play all that well in the bubble. And before that, they didn't play all that well compared to expectations this season. So at every point of the season, the Clippers have disappointed. Pre-bubble, they've disappointed. In the bubble pre-playoffs, the Clippers have disappointed. And in the playoffs, they've disappointed. But just wait until they decide they want to play hard. How could that not be the conclusion? But it isn't. Why? Because whoever the talk show guy is, whatever his take is, he's going to look at every piece of evidence after that with that in mind. How can I spin this, massage it so my take doesn't look so bad? But that's not the truth. What a person does is makes his opinion now with the information I have. And then, like in poker, the next card comes out. Whatever that card is, I've got to assess it. I don't say, oh, I made a big bet in the prior round, and I'm going to act like that ace doesn't hurt me. My kings are just fine. No, you're not, you can't. If you do that, you won't be playing poker too long. My question, Jonas, is, and it's not, listen, Colin, to me, might be the best in the business. I mean, he's certainly in that conversation. Probably is, yeah, I think best in the business. Doesn't mean, though, that this is a good direction the industry's going in because the industry is going in a direction where no matter what happens, the person's take is more important than the truth and everything they say. It's almost like political parties. You know why people hate often Democrats and Republicans? Because no matter what happens, they're going to defend their guy. But that's not the truth. Why would it be in sports? And I know, listen, you and Collins got your problems, so go <laughs> right, for it, baby. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I just look, and I've looked at this the entire time as a completely new season. I don't think any sort of continuation should really be applied because teams have not played the same as when they were playing when we last started in March. And I don't know how many more examples we need other than the Bucks and the Lakers before we take a step back and say, yeah, maybe we can't just look at this as, oh, well, what happened earlier in the year because there's been more time off between the stoppage of play and the restart of play than there would be between in, in a normal NBA offseason. Mm. So I think this yeah. is more indicative of a new year than anything. But even year to year, there's huge carryover, right? When, when Golden, unless there's fundamental changes to personnel, if Golden State won the title one year and the next year they got the same team, they're usually going to be one of the favorites, right? Yeah, but I don't think it's identical carryover in that I don't think we can look at the best teams that were there before the bubble in exact order are going to be the best teams. No, I, I accept that. Yeah, yeah. and so I, I just think that we've got to – 
get rid of the old, well, don't worry about it, it's just one game, and don't worry about it, it's just uh, they'll figure it out. They're just getting right and revving up for the for the season or for the postseason. I think this is a brand-new environment. It's a brand-new atmosphere, and the teams that we all expected in normal circumstances to play well have not, and you can't dispute that. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, we talked about the Clippers and their loss to the Dallas Mavericks last night. That series tied at one game apiece. It's early on between Milwaukee and Orlando, but the Bucks find themselves down one nothing in that series. And then you've also got the Lakers tipping off later tonight at 9 Eastern time, also down 1-0 against the Portland Trailblazers. A start, a slow start amongst the three big favorites. And remember, it's been about 3-1. to one. For ever since the bubble, re, you know, reopened the season, is three to one odds Lakers, three to one odds Clippers, three to one odds Bucks. It's varied a little bit, and everybody else far behind. Toronto kind of came up maybe eleven to one, twelve to one. Houston's kind of peaked its nose up there, that kind of thing. But it's three favorites and everybody else, and those three favorites, one win and three losses so far. How often do you see both number ones lose uh, their first game of the whole playoffs? And then the, the key number two losing one of the first two. just doesn't happen. This is just historic. Could be a coincidence. I don't think so. To finish the Clippers side of this, McKenzie in research, pregame.com, he loves the Clippers. And he might be like some of the radio guys. He'll hold on and hold on and hold on. So here was his take, Jonas. What do you think? Well, there's a guy you might not have heard of. That's my commentary. His last name's Harrell, H-A-R-R-E-L. You know, he hasn't played any basketball for about five months. He is key to the Clippers. And now he's just kind of getting back. He played 15 minutes in game one, 22 minutes in game two. And you know, to be candid, when he plays, he doesn't play so well yet. So they're sacrificing the wins now to get Harold ready to go because he's so key. That was literally said in the commercial. What do you think? Um, I disagree <laughs> just from the standpoint that the Clippers all year long, we've been hearing the same thing. Well, you know, when they're 100% healthy, you know, when they get everybody back together healthy, when they get everybody on the same court together – it's just like at some point, don't we have to just think, all right, maybe they're just never going to find the chemistry and this is just going to well, be Beverly it. didn't play yesterday. Right. Yeah, he, oh, he my God. I know. No, the game does not count. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I was under the impression that when it comes to the Clippers, and I like the Clippers, and, and I picked them to go to the finals, but I was under the impression that if they, if they added Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to that unit from last year – this shouldn't be an issue. There should be no well, problem. Except last year they traded away like four people from that unit, right? Right. Yeah. So I, I would have concerns with the fact that they've still not really ever gotten a chance to play together. And we can look at that two ways. Oh, well, once they do, they're going to be awesome. Or, yeah, but how do we know they're going to be on the same page if that ever happens? How do we know it's ever going to happen? Right. Exactly. Here's my question. Politics, sports, whatever. When does the... Hey, wait till this team or this. There's the famous Giuliani in 2008 when he had just come off of, you know, America's mayor and the 9 11. And he said, I'm not going to Iowa. I'm not going to New Hampshire. I'm going to start in Florida. And literally, 
he never started. It was like he got killed in Florida and the campaign never started. It's a good example of just wait till and then it really counts. When has that ever worked? Think about how many, think about like Washington, the Redskins, five, six, seven years ago now, where they had that all star team of guys from like five years before that. Remember? Right. The cornerback. And, and it was like, yeah, these guys, man, just wait, just wait. That comes and it goes so fast because you've kind of realized this is a big fugazi. You shrug and everyone turns the page. The Clippers very well could be. Remember that Clipper team? And it was like, they, everyone was, and, they, and it's like, yeah, they lost in the second round. It's like, when does it ever happen that the team disappoints you again and again when it doesn't count as much? Ever at the end just turns it on and it's like, see, that's what we were talking. I don't think it ever happens, does it? Well, and it's the same thing that you see to a smaller scale in Philadelphia. Like people kept trying to say, yeah, it seems like they don't have chemistry. Their chemistry is not great, but you know, there's just so much talent there. I find it hard to believe. And here they are, down two games. People were saying, were saying that 48 hours ago. Yeah, they so. said the same thing about Boston and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, we understand it's not the best relationship in the world, but once you get to the postseason, the best players always win. And then they yeah. got wiped out by Milwaukee. It just, yeah, same you're old. so right. And you know what? The teams that do win, usually you look back and go, man, they were good early. They yep. were good in the middle of the season. They were good late. And I get it. It's not as interesting on talk radio to actually just say things that are true. But what's true here is, historically, teams that are woulda, shoulda, coulda stay woulda, shoulda, coulda. Historically. Yeah. Yep. And number two, the Clippers have been woulda, shoulda, coulda. That's all they've been. Could they surprise us? Yeah, but it'd be a big surprise to me. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. The countdown continues. Team number 15 on our 32 to 1 top NFL teams in the league, the Buffalo Bills. Over unders nine wins. Fezzik has a lean, lean on the under. I disagree, and here's why. It's all about Josh Allen. And I only lean over. Lean, though. Lean. Josh Allen. The story goes, if you look at QBR, he didn't really improve that much in year two. Fezzik's point is he didn't improve that much. If you look at the next-gen stats, and I think for quarterback, those are great stats they put out, his accuracy improved drastically. And that was the big thing at Wyoming, his lack of accuracy. He's got the physical tools, but does he throw in an accurate way? If you look at the next-gen stats, he improved pretty significantly in that area. If somehow that continues... Josh Allen would be a top 12 quarterback soon enough. If it doesn't continue, he's going to be about the 20th best quarterback. If he regresses to his rookie year, he'll be worse than that. Nothing else that they do. The defense is really good. Last year was number two. It's going to be really good again. And they added digs. It should help. But it's a Josh Allen bet. If you bet over, you're betting on Josh to get better. If you bet under, you're betting on him to regress. I'm in the middle. I'm a little optimistic, but I'm not all that optimistic. So I lean over nine on the bills. Fez leans under. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.